0: Welcome to the ICO Alert podcast. I'm your host, Mike Finch, COO and co-founder of ICO Alert. You might ask who or what is ICO Alert, right? Well, we're a team of 14 cryptocurrency enthusiasts and entrepreneurs here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that want to see this industry continue to grow. ICO Alert is a company that aims to help move this amazing industry forward. So if you invest in this space as a retail, accredited, or institutional investor, we provide tools and resources to help you do so you are an ICO or STO, we offer consulting, marketing, and much more to help solve problems that you face in fundraising for your your new project. We provide content for you to watch, read, and listen to, collect tons of data on every ICO that has ever existed. So if you'd like to connect, feel free to drop us an email at team at ICOalert.com or tweet us at the username ICOalert. If you have questions for me, feel free to tweet me at that guy. And of course, nothing on this podcast should be considered investment advice or any other piece of advice. So my guest today was Ray Zhao of the project at Berminal.com. And essentially Berminal is the first application that will exist on top of the Berm protocol. That's B-E-R-M and it's Berminal.com, B-E-R-M, I-N-A-L. Uh, Ray comes from IOST, where he was a co-founder. Uh, And essentially, Berminal.com, the application, is looking to solve the various bias problems that exist, specifically the cryptocurrency or blockchain industry. Here to start, uh, where obviously there's been all sorts of issues with biases, you know, related to different projects or or people pushing things out that aren't necessarily true um, that involve bias because of the inherent incentive model that exists within cryptocurrency. Uh, Past our industry. They want this protocol to be used by traditional media as well. So some lofty goals there, uh, but all very exciting. News is something that has kind of devolved in the last five, 10 years. We talk about the issues with clickbait. Uh, We talk about how Berminal is set up to change that at first for the cryptocurrency industry. And while we've been focusing a lot on different perspectives in the industry to help explain market sentiment and regulation and you know, the future of this industry and this bear market we're in, I'm excited to, to get back to the projects themselves. Um, it's great to hear from, from VCs and others, um, but I'm always equally excited to talk to awesome projects like Berminal. Uh, likely, you'll listen to this, get a great introduction of Berminal and Ray and, and the Berm team. And from there, look to learn more. If you want to check out the application they've built already, that's at Berminal.com. Hope you enjoy. Uh, listen, usually we start these out with a little bit of background, uh, you know, stick to the human side before we we hit on the project. So tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got into crypto, how you got to Berminal, all that fun stuff.
1: Okay, sounds good. Uh, so, uh, so first of all, thanks for uh, inviting me to this podcast. Uh, it's really an honor to be here. Uh, to talk with the audience and, you know, share about what I've been doing, what we've been doing uh, in the space. So for me personally, uh, I was, uh, you know, I had a CS economics background, uh, which in college gradually just led me into uh, cryptocurrency through a couple of projects that, you know, that our professor asked us to do. Um, And one of them was actually uh, about Bitcoin pricing back in 2012. So that's, you know, that's how initially got started um but then professionally uh got into crypto around 2016 uh i was basically mining uh ethereum uh uh, on the side and then you know and more professionally started iost in mid 2017 and then um uh, which is a scalable blockchain platform uh, mostly in china but we also have offices around the world um and then you know for the burn project that's uh, something that we started fairly recently uh, in mid 2018 uh, which you know which is a data governance protocol and we also have our own dapps
0: building on top of it already that's awesome yeah we had uh, we had jimmy zong on the podcast a handful of episodes ago he's also the uh, one of the co-founders of iost uh, so you were a, a co-founder of iost right yeah we have six co-founders at iost how how did that all come about did you all know each other from university or something, or just kind of meet or what? Yeah, actually, uh, we've been knowing each other for a
1: long time. Me and Jimmy and uh, our CMO, who's also featured on CoinDesk, uh, we're all high school friends. We didn't go to the same high school, but we hang out a lot. Uh, Amount uh, all the crowds that went to school in U.S. You know, it's it was a small group. Um, so, uh, and then I met uh, like uh, our product uh, like product co founder is my college roommate. Um, and then we know our CTO and our our, our chief architect through uh, through common friends in school. So
0: that's awesome. Usually, you know, if you have six friends, there's the the token crypto friend who tries to convince the other ones that this is a this is the next big thing. It's not usually that all six friends are on board and start this massive project. Right. <laughs> so right, right. That's cool, yeah, man. Yeah.
1: Cool. And uh, we all respectively have you know backgrounds in this. Um, our CTO was a uh, he did a lot of crypto stuff back when he was in,
0: at Princeton, and uh, Jimmy was an early Bitcoin miner as well. Nice. So, so why did you move on from IOST to start Berminal then?
1: Yeah. So uh, for IOST, I do see that you know one of the major like achievement that we will need to do is the crypto adoption. Uh, by adoption, I'm not talking about like a bunch of apps that you know a lot of uh, projects that kind of claim that they have, but no actual real users. Um, so I think what really matters is, you know, things that actually have a strong DAU um, that has real adoption, that solves people's problem, uh, ideally taking advantage of the, uh, you know, the emergence of cryptocurrency and also blockchain technology. Uh, you know, I, I definitely believe in that, you know, like uh, when the technology is stagnant, the, the market will gradually move to equilibrium. But, you know, when the newer technologies, say like crypto and uh, blockchain kicks in, that kind of shift the equilibrium point uh, in market, that creates more opportunity. And I think right now it's the best timing. So, you know, instead of, you know, uh, kind of still kind of build something that doesn't really have a real usage, uh, I I think I want to focus on building something that has a real adoption, right. great retention rates um, that actually solves people' problem, ideally, have a really high frequency of usage in people's life. That's where you barrier of your business. And also, you know, just build things people want, just kind of go back to, you know, it wasn't, it's not a bull market anymore. So like, you know, you really have to go back to things that really solve people's problem and so on and so forth.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, that's awesome, man. So, you know, the Berminal project is, is very layered. It can be complex, but just kind of give us a, a broad overview of, of Berminal and, and, uh, you know, kind of the the, the berm protocol uh, that you guys are working on.
1: Sure. Uh, so, a couple layers layers of things. So, uh, we do see that there's a strong opportunity uh, to build something in the you know in the in the data and in, in the content space. Which you know, uh, I I think primarily there there are two thoughts. So, a is that we see uh you know Steam it, right? Steam it is doing great in terms of building the community and use tokens to incentivize people to provide contents. Um, however, we also realized that this creates a big problem where, you know, if you incentivize all the uh, customer who contribute contents, that basically also getting a lot of scam uh, spammers where they just post contents in order to earn coins and stuff, which I think is actually a huge problem uh, on Steam and also a lot of other uh, platform that incentivize people to post um, contents to earn coins. so instead uh, we we you know I was uh, I was a big fan of uh, there was a uh, I remember he's a French philosopher Montesquieu right so like he basically created the idea of that you kind of have to segregate power into three ways so that you know one kind of control the other so, so it's such that we create this uh, equilibrium. Uh, where in uh, burn protocol uh, we do have three ways. Like one is the content contributors, and one is the content consumers, which is basically the reader, and um, and we also have people who kind of govern the uh, the dynamic, which are the kind of like the curator or dish content distributor. So we create these three ways such that we incentivize. We focus on incentivizing the distributors so they will do a good job if the product is good, if the content is good. And then um, and then basically they're the people who control all the content contributors uh, to find out the best content for the users.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah, the, the governance is fascinating. Um, I definitely want to get there and, and kind of break that down. Um, for those who don't know, Steemit was really the most successful social media platform of sorts in uh, the the blockchain space so far where <laughs> yeah so far <laughs> so far uh, obviously there's there's been a lot of iterations and and Berminal will be one of those but the 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 shift of sorts is that on steam it for those that don't know uh, as you you comment on things or post uh, articles you can actually make money in, in doing that whereas previously it was uh, you had to spend money for uh, that content, that data that that information, right which um, you know, I, I said this off air, but I, I think your white paper is probably one of the best I've read just as the the context is presented and the flow of uh, the flow of information about the project is presented in a short 15 pages. So those that listen here are interested to learn more, go you know a bit deeper than we're gonna go, read the white paper. It's a great read. and the reason I bring it up is because that, that context that is presented at the beginning of it about how uh, the, the digestion of information has evolved over many, many decades and where some will think it will evolve, you all included, is super key. Uh, so a little context for our listeners. Why do you think this kind of decentralized data or decentralized news uh, is so important? Um, so yeah, like
1: uh, there are a couple of things that I, I I found so so interesting because uh, if you look into a lot of uh, different two C application two C as in you know facing customers consumers um, you know uh, the best way to build this type of barrier is to create something that has a high sticky like you know usage and also it has to be super frequent and you know, if you really look into all the apps and, uh, you know, one of a good thing is to build something that's really with content really with news that really occupy people's time and, uh, people enjoy reading it, watching it, stuff like that. Um, so that's why we think that this area has a strong, you know, potential. And, um, also at the same time, we also uh, explore this opportunity to really, um, um, you know, uh, to give a lot of uh, smaller media opportunity to present their contents. Um, because, you know, if you look into the PR space or the journalism space right now, it's all clickbaits. Um, it, you know, it's all kind of occupied by the bigger guys that, you know, that recruit a lot of uh, um, like, you know, journalists that create um, clickbaity clickbaity contents. Uh, we think that you know this is definitely not the best way to do it in a way because um, in the traditional business model they have to do that because they their entire business relies on uh, advertising revenue and clickbaity uh, contents reduced uh, uh, results in uh, higher revenue in the advertising. Uh, however, in our in our case, we basically create this uh, kind of a mechanism for all the you know like so a like all the readers they're. You know they're part of the uh, uh, they're part of the owner of the uh, entire uh, you know uh, content platform, and so this will save a lot of cost in terms of uh, the user acquisition. Um, and at the same time, like because user uh, all and all the readers are part of it, so they will they 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 look for contents that are meaningful, and uh, they appreciate the contents that are meaningful. So this really creates a better way to. Um, to produce better content that are, you know, that are more to what users need, uh, that are, you know, that has more quality.
0: You go on the the traditional mainstream media sites, Wall Street Journal, whatever, and either you have to pay to read the full article, or you have to click out of, you know, four or or five, uh, advertisement pop-up kind of things that come up. And then you get there and you realize to your point that the, the headline, uh, that they originally, put together that kind of nabbed you and and and, you know made you click uh is not anything (laughs) like the actual story is so that's that yeah that's that's a huge need and being able to reward people for that um i think is kind of that next evolution of the way that uh, news or content is handled or, or digested um what i was kind of hinting at uh in in uh kind of the evolution that that data and news and content is going to go through with blockchain is that as you so expertly put it in the white paper the the digestion or flow of information has grown steadily over over many decades you know you go way way back and information was was transported via horseback right paul revere uh that's the big one right and then the newspaper comes along and it's you know this massive shift, this massive change where now all of a sudden you can get information, you know, eventually delivered to your door every day. And you're going to be updated by a handful of people who curate the newspaper and put that together, who have control over the newspaper. That's next. Obviously TV and radio come so that uh, you can get this at, at, you know, practically any time of the day. Uh, the most recent, the internet that comes, you've got smartphones now, basically, any information that you want in the entire world is available. And, uh, you know, uh, Elon Musk on Joe Rogan's podcast was talking about this in relation to the neural network that uh, they're, you know, claiming they, they have ready, in that we really have a, a, a big problem in the way that we digest information. And there is so much out there that uh, it's it's really impossible to know all of the happenings, uh, when you think about news being a piece or, or digest all of the content that's out there and available. And it seems to me that it's getting to a point where, uh, unless we get some sort of, you know, technological breakthrough, like a neural network where the, the input of data or news or content or whatever you want to call it, um, is increased and flows more smoothly that the, this finite, this scarce, uh, amount of data input or news input that humans can receive that's incredibly valuable to a wall street journal and these other companies so it it, you know if if you look at it in the context of uh the flow of information over over a long long time it makes sense that that you know you should now get uh paid to digest this information from from folks so that's part of it but then obviously you know as you said, you guys are going further too, to and we'll talk through that on the governance side to to make sure that um, people are getting what they want, right, and they're able to have a say in what they want, and they're not receiving biased information uh, from you know from a mainstream media source or whatever the case may be. So,
1: right, hundred percent, yeah, that's you know that's the point, and uh, we'll we'll definitely talk more about like how this type of equality or uh, you know unbiased uh, is achieved in our political later. So.
0: Right, right. Cool. Well, break down a little bit uh, more for me the three different layers uh, that you guys have. You, you break it down in your white paper as the application layer, which is the Berminal client, right? The news client that you can see today if you go to Berminal.com. Uh, then you have the, the protocol layer or what you call the Berm protocol. And then you also have the blockchain layer. Um, so just kind of, you know, broadly explain how uh, go a little bit deeper on how each of those are functioning.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, to put it super simple, um, you know, like uh, the application layer is a UI. It's you know, it's people who build the you know the the application on top of it. Uh, in our case, it's Berminal application, which is a news and data platform uh, for blockchain and cryptocurrency news. Uh, it talks about you know, it shows uh, and sends push notification to our users about. Um, like uh, the major adoption, major movement, market sentiments, um, like uh, things that are, you know, or opinions from the, you know, industry leaders. Um, so these are a couple of things. And other than that, uh, you know, you could also build like, say, uh, joke apps or, you know, like um, something that's purely for, for, you know, something like nightgag uh, and yeah, you can pretty much build whatever things on top of the, in the application layer. So that's primarily the UI. That's where you handle the interaction with users and display of information. Um, so to become a, then basically we also have the incentive for users to become the application layer on Burn Protocol because um, you know uh, you can basically get free contents through the usage of Burn Protocol. And then you, you have content to start with that kind of solve the chicken that problem. For all the early stage startups, and then um, that's A and B is that um, uh, for the protocol layer. That's basically where the uh, unbiased, uh, uh, like how we make news unbiased, and how we incentivize um, our like uh, distributors and also content contributors, and also potentially all the you know all the readers through the token economics. That's where all this uh, crypto economic thing happens. Um, for the blockchain layer, that's essentially, you know, uh, because Burn Protocol relies on blockchain to play with, right? Uh, we can do this on Ethereum, we can do this on US, we can do this on iOS, but, you know, there are some so reasons for selections. And uh, essentially for Ethereum, we definitely don't want our users to pay for the gas fee and stuff like that. Um, so it makes sense to have something that's more scalable, uh, which basically will, you know, which basically... Make uh, Ethereum not really a possibility uh, solution, you know, not a possible solution for our case. And for uh, IOST, the, the good thing is that it's, you know, it's super scalable um, and uh, it's good to store uh, news and content data and stuff. Um, and then at the same time, like it's, you know, it doesn't require our users to pay for a fee. We can basically just stake uh, some IOST tokens to get the, you know, get access to this network. Um, and so, you know, that's a primary rationale. Um, but, you know, obviously we're open to uh, look into um, like all different possible options and find out the best fit for the protocol. But obviously as a protocol, it's primarily handling the crypto economics and the incentive part. Uh, so, you know, obviously if we do want to, we can also build that on Ethereum. Like it's platform agnostic. So
0: Gotcha. And okay, so you've got berminal berminal.com right that's the application layer that's the the client that you you see today so let's start there um, look, you know if you go to berminal.com you're looking at the site you've got uh, pricing on looks like about 1200 coins you've got all sorts of awesome uh, featured news you've got airdrops um, and then you 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 know you've got uh, kind of all of those together in one so berminal what kind of users uh, do you guys have on this Application thus far and what are you guys thinking in the future alongside Berminal as a separate application
1: right 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 so uh, for Berminal right now we started this with uh, you know it's kind of like the toy on this uh, protocol and then um, it's really cool because it really becomes a major um, type of uh, you know, information source uh, for me myself for a lot of friends of mine who are also in the space uh, if you look at um, you know uh, What's his face? Uh, Michael Arrington, the co-founder at uh, Coinbase, uh, not Coinbase, sorry, I mean, uh, TechCrunch. I believe he's, he's using this every day, <laughs> like sharing news and so, on and so forth. Uh, and a lot of uh, other like, industry big people like uh, Eric Molzer, Dovi, uh, Dovi um, One from, uh, she used to be at uh, DHBC, which is uh, one of the best crypto uh, blockchain we in, in Silicon Valley. Um, yeah, so like, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty useful, handy application uh, that, you know, kind of give people uh, the most updated information uh, in the crypto space. So we thought that, we, we you know, uh, like we, we initially thought this is quite useful. And so we built this and it has received really good traction. Uh, we so we started off uh, only after two months, we grew to like uh, 400k users just by, you know, Ah, uh, launching a lot of uh, campaigns and also like uh, you know bounty programs with our like early adopters, and then uh, we're still gradually growing our user base. And you see people are liking and uh, all the you know all the uh, like news and so on and so forth. They share it to social media. Uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's 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 something that people want, and obviously for news like blockchain news, that's something that they require. Uh, you know, that's super sensitive, that, that they want that kind of, uh, you know, like uh, fairness and uh, unbiased coming on from the source of news. And that's where we think, you know, Burn Protocol uh, solved the problem a lot.
0: That's insane. 400,000 users. I mean, that's, you know, obviously significantly more yeah. than than most. I mean, that, I just looking at the latest data, that is more users than probably all applications out there that uh you know that they ran an ico last year or or thereafter so that's 100
1: like even even given the market condition right, right now because you know if you really look into a lot of uh data like basically the the visits for uh for you know for many crypto sites have you know basically not only half like they probably like you know uh, they, they probably cut like ninety percent from from their peak.
0: So. Right. Yeah. That's wild, man. Congratulations on that front.
1: Yeah. So definitely, uh, hope you know we anticipate a lot of growth uh, in this pro- uh, in this application itself, and obviously, um, you know, a lot of other like growth uh, in the burn protocol itself. So the next step really is to kind of extend this type of uh, news platform into something outside crypto. And that's really like our original goal to, you know, for doing this is really to bring more user adoption, build things that people want and uh, figure out like what people want to use and how to kind of integrate that with blockchain technology, which provides the transparency and the immutability. Um, and then at the same time, it's about, you know, bringing crypto into those people and try to get them, get them access. So for us, our next step is really to build something that, you know, everyday people would use and also, you know, kind of evangelize the idea of uh, cryptocurrency and, uh, you know, and hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll like our application will become kind of like the uh, entrance for them to enter the space.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. I did I, w- I wasn't aware that you guys were, were looking to move past the just cryptocurrency news. So all kinds of problems because of the inherent, Incentive layer that exists um, in cryptocurrency. I mean, this has been, this has been a problem since Bitcoin came along way back when. Where uh, if I purchase XYZ token, I am then further incentivized to uh, evangelize about that token and have more people buy it and increase adoption. And, and that's great. And that obviously, you know, uh, moves forward um, the adoption of these these cryptocurrencies and this technology faster than than the traditional, you know, non-tokenized model. But obviously with that as well, you get people who uh, maybe they fudge, you know, certain pieces of news or pieces of information about that specific project or whatever. And, and, you know, that, that's a, a big time snowball effect as we've seen. And you end up with these kind of clashing groups of subjectivity, you know, around certain projects where, as a new user coming into the space, it would be incredibly difficult to actually know what is, what is true and what is false, right? What's, what's actually the case and what's just, um, you know, uh, some, some, you know, XYZ projects fan out there trying to, to increase adoption through through false sentiment or or false news. So yeah, hugely needed in this space, but obviously uh, you know, there, there's, there's a big need and, just traditional news as well. Um, so that's that's awesome. Props to you guys on um, taking that that head on, you know, with the uh, application layer of sorts. So moving on to the protocol layer, then the burn protocol, um, what does that allow you guys to do? in the future or, or what does that allow others to do in the future as they might look to, mm-hmm. to build on top of that protocol?
1: Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, let me go through this step-by-step. Step. So on top of this protocol, if you build an uh, application on top of it, uh, and then for every new users you bring to the burn protocol, you'll, you'll be able to get, uh, some tokens, um, as an incentive to build things on top of us. And then, um, I mean, for all the content, you don't have to pull, all the data from burn protocol, but like, you know, this is a protocol that, that provides like good, um, unbiased data. So, you know, if you're trying to build something that requires unbiasedness that requires, you know, like, um, uh, some professional like content that that's where to go. And one very important angle that we tackle here is really to, uh, aggregate or in a, in, in a sense aggregate, but, uh, but also like it's, it's kind of like building a protocol for all the PGC data so PGC as in professionally generated contents. Uh, if you look at you know Reddit uh, Instagram, Quora, they're all UGC which means like users are responsible for generating all those contents and what would how, how the UGC platform becomes successful uh, it's not through you know just pure user adoption it actually requires a lot of uh, centralized curation. So, how what what that means is that, like, to give you an example, like, initially, in, in you know, and when people just started to grow Instagram, uh, they have thirteen employees, and four of them are like community evangelizer. They're the people who kind of set up the tone uh, for the entire community, such that all the followers they imitate whatever tone uh, they have within that community. That's just kind of how human and how community works. So for all, you know, for all those uh, platforms, like similar for for Quora as well, you know, like you have to kind of build that uh, question and answer uh, mechanism. Uh, And then, you know, and for people who come in next, they know the right format to answer questions and, and ask the right question. So. That's the that's a tone for all the UGC community. However, for a PGC community like us, we don't really have that platform. Uh, we would like we don't really have that that the problem, uh, because you know like we we kind of limit users' ability to generate content. So such, such that you know in 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 our case, we take advantage of uh, the growth powered by uh, you know the value of cryptocurrency. You know, um, so this will definitely introduce a lot of spammers and a lot of people who who are not able to contribute good contents. So instead, of we just focus on, you know, building this platform uh, for all the professionals. So they produce contents, and all the coming, like, people, they, they, they just read it.
0: Yeah, and you you guys are obviously trying to, to put out there the best content, right, so that there's not, um, you know, users aren't coming to your site, and they're seeing content that is, that is poorly written, or, um, you know, if you look at the example of Twitter, like, a lot of people functionally Twitter makes sense for, but because there are so many other people out there spouting nonsense, they don't want to use it. Right. Like that's one of the things that drives me crazy about Twitter is that yes, you can follow certain people, but you know, the way they have it set up and under that, uh, UGC model, any, any of the people that I follow, if they like something that I just, I don't really care about, I'm going to be, I'm going to be shown that right there. It's, it's, it's kind of the wild, wild west in a lot of ways. So Um, so, so under this, under this model, then how are you guys making sure through, um, you know, this voting structure, essentially that when a user comes to your site, they're going to see what they want to see. They're going to get that, that high end content. How how does that work without, um, you know, presenting a, a multitude of problems?
1: I think there are different ways to solve the problem. But essentially, the idea here is that you got to make sure users do, uh, you know, they're participating in the voting process. And then uh, that's why, you know, on our application right now, we kind of, uh, you know, build that behavior for users to participate in voting and engaging with the community. So that's, you know, I think that's really the fun part. Um, And other than that, we try to, you know, uh, build something that's, you know, like, um, that will basically ensure that uh, users partici- kind of participate in the uh, in the decision process of content ranking, uh, such that all those contents are are, are, are in good quality. They're picked by users, um, but also like the the picks are, are factored by uh, the amount of tokens they have. So that's kind of how, um, uh, like, how we ensure the like that's kind of how we ensure the distribution of all this contents. And the other side point is that users don't directly contribute to all the decision process uh, through tokens. They, you know, they vote for the delegates, and delegates will be the final decision makers. And the idea here is that if the user doesn't like those delegates, they replace them. So it's kind of like how a country works: they uh, vote for the delegates, and delegates become the government, and government make decisions on behalf of all the people. And then, you know, and then they. The government using you know whatever they way they need they build the best society they can. If the users don't like them, they kick out the government.
0: Okay, yeah. So so those that are coming to bourbonal com, they're they're you know be able to vote uh, towards the type of content they want. Uh, you know, like you said, and introduced uh, this delegate who is the one that the users are voting for. So that kind of gives that gives you all the control to make sure. The, the the application doesn't devolve into uselessness, but also still gives um, that vote to the user. So there there's the there's the user obviously. Then there's this delegate that um, you mentioned, and there is there is a third user as well within the burn protocol. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah. So it's user delegates and content providers generally. And then um, and then I think a key part here is that. Um, like a users can, um, so so obviously, like in terms of the uh, the actual content curation, like whatever user votes, like how, how Reddit is, is doing, it might not best represent the best content just because user directly participate in the uh, the voting mechanism. Um, and, you know, in that way, a lot of uh, contents are not tailored toward their, their taste. Um, that's, you know, that that might not be the best content that represent the, the entire interest of the platform. So that's why we introduced this uh, group of uh, delegates that kind of make decisions on behalf of users. But we ensure that uh, the entire, uh, like, delegates group are, you know, their they're, they're motivated uh, by making sure that they can be kicked out anytime. So so yeah, that's kind of the, how the protocol works.
0: If I'm a user, I come to Berminal, uh, I'm able to vote for these delegates. What does that process look like? Is it super complicated? Are there tokens involved? Um, you know, Obviously, most of the, the, the users on Berminal are going to be these uh, you know, the people digesting this, this content, this news. So um, how does that occur?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, so essentially all the users are, are there to, you know, uh, they, so basically it like interaction wise, uh, it would just be a voting process. You know, it doesn't happen every day, it probably happen every week or something. And then they just find out that like who, which content they like the best. And then uh, we also have, we will combine some data for all the, uh for all the delegates so such that users can see their performance pretty easily.
0: Okay. Give me an example of uh who or what this delegate might be. Like is this is this a person? Is this an organization? Is it a a company in the space? Like who are these users voting for usually?
1: So initially to bootstrap this entire thing, we basically work with uh you know reporters uh with in the space. Like uh, a lot of our reporters or delegates ran out right at Berminal. They're, they are like experienced industry people. They worked at Cointelegraph. They worked at uh, CCN. They worked at Coindesk, places like this. Uh, and also like uh, some uh, content editors, they previous who previously uh, to contribute contents to uh, say Forbes uh, and also Bloomberg. So they, they all have the uh, expertise in picking out like what's, uh, like which news are newsworthy and uh, which contents are good. So we started with that and eventually, uh, and, you know, like gradually we're, we're in the process of moving to work with say a larger media or like a larger bloggers that, you know, that potentially uh, they have more say in the industry. uh, Once we move to something that's broader, uh, broader, uh, as in, uh, as in like, you know, once we not only cover crypto news.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah, starts out kind of in a similar way that you'd see today with the coin desks and the coin telegraphs of the world. But the goal eventually is to incentivize the smaller person where under the current structure, uh, it would cost a lot of money to get your article up on coin telegraph or, or CCN or whatever. But in this model, um, that, that blogger could then get their content out there for free, or if they got enough votes from the users like how does that evolution work
1: yeah yeah so essentially uh, we we have a process of constantly looking for good contents to show our readers and for all the things that are similar to the idea of advertising uh, we will basically run this through in the future will be run through a uh, through a smart contract where uh, basically everything will be relatively transparent and this transparency is needed in, sh- in order to and build the trust between all the users and uh, and the like. Basically, distribute all the revenue back to potentially back to users and back to you know content contributors. Uh, so that's that's how yeah. So basically, uh, we do have this kind of a fundamental for uh, all the for all the tokens, right? So like it's it's not a token that that only means voting rights. It's also it also means potential you know, uh, revenue splitting and so on and
0: so forth. Gotcha. Gotcha. And there are two different types of tokens on the berm Protocol, right?
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And in order to do this, we also have, uh, you know, the regular berm and also the BMP that, uh, that we're in the process of implementing, um, Having BMP and BERM, like it's it's very important because uh, BERM primarily uh, legally it works as a utility token for BERM, which allows us to distribute that to our general public, and that allows us to you know uh, like in many of countries it allows us to trade on exchange. And BMP is something that's you know uh, more or less in the gray ish area. That's where it represents the ownership of the revenue. BMP is a security token. And then, um, and the regular uh, BERM is a utility token.
0: Got it. Okay, interesting. So, what's other than other than those two pieces between the security token and, and the utility token? What does each token function as on on the protocol? I know in the white paper uh, you talk mm-hmm. about uh, BMP being vested for six months, I believe it was, and BERM is is almost kind of seen uh, as as like a lesser token. Yeah, I
1: in I would way. say, I would say berm is like the cash, uh, you know, that's used to pay, that's used to, you know, transfer and you know incentivize people stuff like that. And BMP is more or less like a, like a like equity in in a sense. Uh, it's not really equity, but you know, it, it acts like a community equity where you know they they potentially they could they could get um, revenue distribution and um, they would have the voting rights.
0: So Gotcha. And and if you have Berm, you can upgrade it to that BMP. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You, it's basically kind of like an internal mini, mini exchange type of thing.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So so why have two tokens versus just one that can do both?
1: Regulation. Ah. Regulation. Right? You're not supposed to distribute a security token to, to a user through so this type of a uh, you know, growth campaign whatsoever, but for utilities, okay, it's fine.
0: Interesting. Okay. So it's not, it's not necessarily, um, yeah, new- man, I've been in this space for a little bit. So,
1: you know, you gotta know <laughs> all the uh, tricks and all that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting you bring that up. I mean, we've, the, the last few podcasts we've had, at least the ones that I've had, um, have been focused a lot on regulation and kind of getting a perspective from, from different folks, um, and, and in the industry, whether they be uh, VC, right, like the Sustany Capital uh, interview that I did, or other players in the space, like the most recent one with um, Darren and Eric. So, yeah, it's 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 good to hear that um, you guys are, are aware of that, obviously, and, and taking the, the necessary steps, because um, those projects that don't are, are going to end up getting burned, or already have been burned. And while it's unfortunate that this is the case. It still is the case. And, and, you know, uh, we have to act accordingly. So yeah, that's, it's interesting. I, I didn't kind of catch that in the white paper. So good to know.
1: I do think actually that a lot of uh, security issue, uh, like, you know, all the regulation issue is being, you know, to, to my perspective, it's a little bit being too, uh, exaggerated in the States. Um, um, I don't actually see that in many other countries. Well, they do have high regulation, but it's not really like, you know, uh, they don't go too specific into terms. Like, so it, I, I found that very interesting actually. So,
0: Yeah, it's, it's you know, uh, it's the main topic right now in, in the States and really in North America, even parts of Europe too, where then, as you said, like you look at Singapore or Malta or, a lot of these other countries where they're like, well, we, we've got this figured out. We're leaving you all behind. So, um, you know, we, we don't care about necessarily about security tokens or we don't necessarily care about what, you know, your regulatory body says at some conference. And um, we're starting to see that in the data, right? Like there's a, a project called Elementus that just came out with updated data on ICOs. And they showed that in August, there was actually the first increase in a, in a while of, the number of ICOs and um, the actual amount that these these projects are fundraising. So, yeah, it's 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 wild. It's very easy to get kind of stuck in your your area, right? Your plot of ground, and say, you know, the entire cryptocurrency uh, industry or blockchain industry will not move forward until the SEC, you know, figures this out, right? When, well, realistically, yeah, that's not the case globally. In in well in U.S. So, <laughs> exactly. Those- Exactly. So Yeah. yeah
1: like, uh, and also like from my standpoint, I, I found it really interesting that, you know, uh, people tend to be more um, aggressive in, in the countries there that they're not belong to sort of. Um, so like, you know, uh, for, I saw on many U S projects, they, they can, they're happy to do whatever they want overseas. And um, similar to Chinese projects, you know, a lot of China projects, they, uh, they, they, they they're super low low profile in china but they kind of do whatever they want in us and you know and globally um yeah it's really interesting to see that
0: right yeah binance is probably the best example
1: One of- for sure they do nothing in China well obviously people know them but most people use uh, the local exchanges um, but yeah like when they you know kind of uh, get out of China they do whatever they want and just got super aggressive with growth with uh, all the strategy which I know I, I mean it's great so
0: right yeah very cool um, well let's talk a little bit uh, more about the, the governance aspect here um, so voters are you know, users are voting on the content they want, right? They're essentially through this delegate system. Um, the, the delegates at first will be these established media companies, these trusted uh, sources, right, that, you, that we know for sure are putting out good content. We don't have to worry about them putting out, uh, you know, objectively false information or things like that. As you said, that will grow, that will evolve so that the, the smaller uh, person can, can kind of, you know, come in and have a say. And then the, um, the the content producers, right? So, is there a scenario where the content producer could also be the delegate, or, or how does that kind of fit in as the the third user on the protocol?
1: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So, I yeah, a lot of uh, community members, investors, ask these questions as well. Uh, but honestly, in my opinion, we haven't actually uh, restrict people from being at uh, both roles at the same time because if they really try to do something that's super selfish it's on the blockchain people can see it right so I don't think that's a problem so as long as they're doing the right job you know they feel free to do you know to contribute
0: more and so on and so forth Gotcha. so solving that essentially just with transparency then because the yeah okay I got it yeah that makes sense people see it people see it they kick them out in the next round so Gotcha. And then there's a reputation system involved as well. That's kind of related to the the FDG that you talk about in the white paper, the federated data governance to some degree, as I understand it. One of the problems you see in proof of stake and delegated proof of stake is this collusion or a lot of them, a lot of people will call them cartels or whatnot, right? Um, there's, there's a, there are issues on the, the EOS protocol uh, quote unquote issues where you have uh, a number of delegates kind of controlling um, controlling the, 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 platform. What, what are you guys doing? Um, or, or what have you guys kind of planned to, to combat that? Cause that's, that's something that I think a lot of prob- uh, protocols have, or a lot of projects have where they, they do everything right, but then still people are able to kind of, kind of find the loopholes and, and find control. Um, is there, is there some sort of, um, you know, kind of oversight that, that, you all will have to make sure this doesn't happen? Or, or are you pretty confident that the governance system will will really, you know, flush this out?
1: I think, honestly, I, I think it's generally fine. I'm not too worried as of now. So, uh, and also at the same time, like, you know, we, we operate this uh, community pretty closely in the very beginning. So, you know, if things go wrong, we can still control that. Yeah. But yeah. it really takes time to kind of work on it and play with it, stuff like that. So it's like, I don't think this can be, really be built in a day, but, you know, this will go gradually.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it, governance is a is obviously a big topic in the space. And uh, yeah, it's going to take some time, no doubt. It's, it's, it's not a uh, it's not built in a day, like you said. So um, the, the voting process for the users, users have to uh, lock up their tokens for six months. Is that right? In order to vote?
1: Uh, right. So that's kind of what we're thinking about. I think for that one, though, like we we still we're still flexible. So not not really flexible, but uh, like we still need to have more discussion because you know this changes as the uh, regulation changes, and obviously this depends on this varies
0: by countries as well. So. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because six months that's a that's a long time. If somebody's taking their BERM token, uh, uh, transferring it into the BMP then holding it there for six months. That's yeah, that's a long time. So you think, you think that'll change or.
1: Yeah, I I think, I think it's, I think that's generally fine. And, um, yeah, but, but, but but I guess all time will tell.
0: So there was one piece in the white paper, uh, where you guys talk about the ability to, uh, censor false or, or kind of inappropriate content or data. Right. Um, especially at the beginning totally understand that the need to um kind of make sure that the the application doesn't run away from you right that's not the goal of of berminal you need that that kind of incubation phase to make sure it's working like it should be um but as as it continues to develop well the berminal team still have the ability to censor that quote unquote false or inappropriate uh news or content and how do you kind of qualify this news and content as inappropriate or false without um, doing too much censorship? Right.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, So a couple of things Uh, I think I still sort of, uh, yeah, you know, like we, we do like for, for all the like, you know, customer presenting thing right now, we do have censorship, but in the long run, I think the censorship should go to the, uh supposed to go to the application layer versus the protocol layer. So on the protocol layer, you know, the blockchain is fascinating just because, you know, it doesn't require censorship or, you know, it's censorship resistance in a way. Um so in in that regards I, you know, like we kind of just leave that, you know, we leave that open. And um yeah, so so you, you don't like, you know, on the protocol layer, um it's like we, we don't we don't check anything. I think that's the beauty of the protocol layer. But on the application layer, uh, yes, we do. Like you know, for the terminal app itself, yeah, we do some censorship for sure. We make sure things are right. We make sure you know um, it's factual. Um, yeah, but um, but I guess in the long run, uh, we are not trying to use this type of uh, a like protocol to solve fake news problem. Like it's we we solve bias problem. We don't solve news problem i think for whether it's something fake or not like you know it's it's just really hard to tell um and you know that's that's my take and kind of like you know like whenever people vote against this content then it it, it will all be transparent on chain so like you know like it people will see it
0: really as i see it and and maybe this is completely wrong let me know if it's it's completely wrong but you guys are trying to, to build an experience for, uh, you know, readers for, for, uh, you know, people looking for info in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. Um, you're trying to build something better that's currently out there, but, um, you're also trying to do it in a decentralized manner so that it's fair. Right. Um, so, so it's, it's kind of this different model where, the traditional model that we've seen, with EOS as a great example, or um, I think Tezos might also also fit this example, where immediately out of the gate, uh, this you know this project becomes decentralized, and it's pretty much like, hey, here's the code, do with it what you want. Um, you know, we we're not going to touch it. We are as basically as fully decentralized as possible. Um, whereas in this model, it's that understanding of saying, okay, well, here's the problem. If the if, if the solution is all the way over here, you know, if we're at point A and the solution's at point Z, we understand that there are going to be some first steps that need to be taken in order for uh, basically the application not to to devolve into into uselessness, as I said earlier. Um, but there's still obviously plans for for that decentralization. So in in kind of thinking about that, like. What have you seen with, with other projects that, that haven't done this correctly or projects that have done this correctly? Like, how did you guys kind of come to this to this model or, or this setup, this strategy?
1: Um, yeah, a couple of things. I think uh, one of the things is really to become the first one uh, in, in whatever you do. Um, I think that's super important. And uh, to become the first one, uh, it's helpful to be early. Um, and you know, it's helpful to do something that people haven't really done. Um, So I'm honestly not a big fan of imitating what other people are doing. I think, you know, if, uh, I think this is a theory where, you know, if you kind of imitate what other people are doing, people will just gradually become competitive, even if they previously are not. And then they're, they're kind of just, you know, grow a lot like each other and then they become indifferentiable and basically both get worse off uh, by imitating. So not kind of imitating. um, And, uh, and you know, I kind of, um, you know, and we, I mean, not only me, but like you know, we all, we as a team, we all, we're all a big fan of uh, building something that's actually useful. Um, so um, yeah, that's why we, uh, we we're doing this, and uh, with a super hands-on manner. And again, like I kind of see this entire like adoption of cryptocurrency as running a UGC platform, like although our our protocol is more tailored to our PGC network, but, you know, the entire thing, you know, in the end, it's all about user spacing. It's all about community building. Then that basically means you have to do something centralized first and kind of demonstrate to other people how things should work. And then you kind of build that community and build that imitation behavior by other people. You know, uh, this is a different imitation than, than I'm talking about previously. You know, like, you when it's a competition, you're not supposed to imitate other people. But, you know, when you're doing this like, community thing, you, ha- you have to, you know, kind of give out all the users a feeling that, you know, that they know they should fit into. So uh, that's why we're doing this in a super centralized manner first. And then we hope to, you know, find out the best partner and, uh, you know, enlighten the best uh, entrepreneurs in the space to do the same things with us. And really the goal is to, you know, uh, build the crypto adoption, and in the end,
0: that's fascinating, man. Yeah, that's that's super fascinating. Um, so, past the 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 tech of uh, berminal and the Burn Protocol, what's the overall plan for adoption? And um, you know, obviously, a, a big answer there are rewarding users and authors for for participating in this new content ecosystem of sorts. But, but how does that all work, right? Like Why are you guys so confident that you'll be able to go from four hundred thousand users to eight hundred thousand to you know a million and onwards?
1: Yeah, like actually, through the last month, we've been uh, we've been slowing down a little bit purposely just to build a better product. You, we just recently repolished our application. Uh, we made a lot of experience a lot better. Um, and right now, like it's just, you know, we saw, we saw this market. It has been proven, uh, by through other ways in other markets. And we know that this type of uh, incentive, uh, referral kind of thing works. Uh, and we do see this as a great opportunity to do something on blockchain. So, so I'm
0: a, I'm a, I'm a user. I go into Bermanal, I'm able to receive rewards. How, how does that reward mechanism work?
1: Um, so you use it, if you, if you do it right now, like, you know, whenever you answer the right questions in the app, you get some tokens. If you refer more users into the protocol, you get user, you get
0: tokens. Gotcha. Okay. And then what about the, uh, the delegates and the authors? How is that broken up?
1: Yeah. So like for, for, for delegates and author, they basically all the, uh, so authors they if they want they contribute information to this into the space uh, so they, they just do it and for all the delegates they basically um, they basically uh, work with other partners uh, in the space like uh, you know hacker known like you know um, like all the crypto websites say crypto briefing uh, we basically work uh, on this and then you know some of the news are from like those sources and we kind of give them credit back as well um, yeah, so they're all incentivized with tokens. Um, for some of the editor right now, they, they they could also get some fiat stuff like that.
0: Okay, the tokens are are the are the tokens coming from the users who are voting for them, or
1: so basically, we have a big pool of tokens and it's basically you know kind of see this as a mining process, if you wish. Yeah, so like that's a, that's a part of mining process, and you know once we build that build out that organic growth, then that's kind of when we can slow down in giving out our tokens it's 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 just like Bitcoin you know like initially you, you give a lot to all the miners and you gradually to slow that down
0: as the as the value of the tokens yeah. increase right got it okay so those tokens are coming then from the the team you all as incentive
1: you mean the all the initial right those are the you those are the tokens are that we meant yes okay
0: gotcha That's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And, and then from there, how does Berminal kind of make its money? I know you talked about advertising a little bit. Obviously you don't want to become the, you know, the wall street journal of the world where again, there's four or five pop-ups or, you know, maybe they're not the best example, but so many sites out there, it's almost impossible to read the article because advertising is all over the space. How are, how are you, you know, changing that up?
1: I think, you know, just for Berminal itself, there are so many ways to make money uh, as long as, you know, it, it, and when it's in crypto space, um, you know, as long as you build things that are tied to your core product that brings your traffic, uh, there, there are different ways to make money. For example, like, you know, uh, DApps or, you know, or even, uh, you know, anything that, that it, I'm not saying that it has to be an exchange, but I'm saying that, you yeah, know, something like that um and uh stuff like that anything that's related with the you know with the with the traffic and with your core users uh build another product they're willing to pay they're willing to pay either for the good or services it provides or willing to pay the commission um so that's kind of how i see it
0: interesting okay yeah in the white paper you mentioned a a hap uh, instead of a dap is that right Yes, uh, hap means hybrid. And what, what is what exactly is that? Because I had never seen the the concept for a hap before.
1: What? Well, uh, yeah, like hap is actually a new concept that uh, that we kind of just bring up. Um, like it's 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 like basically you know like there's a problem with the decentralization scalability right now, and it's just you know, it. I, I kind of personally believe that there is a like intermediate process that kind of sit in between yeah
0: i see okay so it's that that hybrid app between fully centralized and fully
1: decentralized hybrid solutions
0: yeah okay that went right over my head in in reading the white paper (laughs) but makes makes it makes a ton of sense yep cool awesome man that's uh that's super interesting i i like the the governance model of of you know, user, delegate, plus then you also obviously have the content author. Um, so in looking at all of this and looking first at Berminal on the application layer, um, what are kind of your thoughts on the different groups that have emerged in the cryptocurrency industry? Because it seems to me like when I got into this, um, it was much different than you see today, right? Like back in 2013, 2014, um you didn't you didn't have this kind of segmentation of of people based on belief right so like the most obvious ones are bitcoin and bitcoin, bitcoin cash but then you also kind of have your your bitcoin maximalists and your your quote unquote altcoiners um and and it's i you know i i don't really know nor do i think anyone really knows if this is good or bad for the industry yet right like the the last thing we want to end up with is just a bunch of infighting and and no innovation. I don't think that will happen, but what's, what's kind of your perspective on the different groups that have emerged and whether or not this is, this is positive or negative.
1: Uh, You mean, uh, so basically what you were saying is that a lot, a lot of groups have merged into one or they kind of converge like in value or is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, kind of, kind of. So, um, you think about the early days of cryptocurrency, right. right, where everybody was kind of on, on this one mission, you know, maybe the focus was Bitcoin or the focus was just general adoption. Now, um, you see a lot of infighting, right? You see Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash. You see Bitcoin maximalists versus, uh, you know, altcoiners, as, as they've kind of been called. And instead of the, the narrative being, um, you know, pushing the industry forward together, it's kind of been... Pushing, uh, say, a specific project forward, right? Kind of like the 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 flaw, the flaws of uh, you know this incentive model, where somebody, as we said earlier, will will spread false information or misleading information in order to, to further their um, their project or their own beliefs about that project. So, you guys are obviously in a in a unique position trying to solve a lot of these problems. I mean, what are what what's kind of your overall perspective on these different groups, right? Like, do you think it's okay that we have Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash, and a lot of the the mind space is is on that, or is this super bad? I mean, it is like
1: I kind of feel like it is what it is, and um, yeah, like um, yeah, I kind of feel like it it, it is what it is, and um. The, the, the problem I do kind of see, well, or maybe that's just kind of how that process goes is that, like, it, it, in the end, it's all about, you know, I, I think the final goal is about adoption, right? And potentially for the all the early people to make money, hopefully. Um, I guess it's just, that's just part, part of the process. And I, I do actually think that there are actually a lot of uh, shortcuts um, through that Um but like, I just kind of feel like people haven't been taking it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, you know, I guess the the reason I bring that up is because if you look at Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash, um, if I'm a if I'm a a new user, a new cryptocurrency enthusiast, and and there's some serious use case for Bitcoin for me, right? I'm in a I'm in a country where the government has ruined my currency, um, and I go and I look and I see, okay, what's Bitcoin all about? And I get conflicting news or conflicting information about Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash. And I don't really know what to believe this now, this now becomes a problem for me because I don't know who's telling the truth. I don't know, um, you know, which currency is best for the, the, the problem that I'm working with. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting time in the space for sure, but I I love what you guys are doing with this new, um, this new governance model around, news this um this you know uh stepped out approach versus just focusing on an application right like the protocol layer is super important um it's not just about building the application and and being able to look down the road towards not just crypto news but also traditional news i think is is uh is a great goal to have because that problem obviously exists as well so that's awesome man yeah
1: yeah yep, yep. That's actually a bigger problem than simply crypto. Oh, definitely. Sure.
0: Yeah, way obviously way larger, you know, user base there, and and um, certainly broader implications. So that's awesome, man. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, we're just over an hour here on the podcast, uh, but for those that want to uh, learn more, they want to uh, reach out to you. Any questions they might have for you or the team? What's the best way to to get a hold of you guys?
1: Yeah, anytime. So uh, we have our team email uh, on Berminal website. I think it's hello, Berminal, hello at Berminal.com, something like that. Um, and then also like you know, follow us on Twitter. I think it's Berminal app. Um, that's our twi- official Twitter. Um, if you search Berminal, there are some other ones. Those are not official. Um, but But yeah.
0: Got it. Yeah. Awesome. And then obviously, like I said, uh, Berminal.com is where you can go and check out that, yep. that first application. Uh, since you showed me it, I've been using it and it's, I can say it's, it's super, super helpful. Yep. Um, so awesome, man. Well, Hey, appreciate the time. Uh, I know you're busy building all of this and, and raising money and all that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, thank you for, for coming on. It's truly been a pleasure and I'm excited to see, where you guys go in the future. Yeah,
1: definitely. Just, uh, you know, let me know if you had more questions, happy to reach out and talk about the space, talk about anything anytime. And uh, Mike, thanks so much for your time.
0: Perfect, thanks Ray. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. Uh, hopefully we did a good job of explaining the different layers uh, that work uh, within Berminal. You know, again, Berminal is the application layer. You've got Berm protocol is the protocol layer. Um, And then you have the blockchain layer as well, which is kind of a a different setup, right? Um, Obviously, IOST is in the running for, for their blockchain layer, but they're looking at EOS and Ethereum and others as well.